Thanks be to God. Go ahead and take a seat, guys. Merry Christmas. All right, Merry Christmas. It's not even morning time. Come on now. Christmas is finally here. Praise God, I'm Peyton Bullen. I'm the sending pastor here at LifePoint. I am so thankful to see so many people. There are so many things that have happened today that the Lord has moved so that we could gather today and meet. If you didn't know it earlier today, we had a sprinkler head operate, uh, kind of flooded the concourse. And thanks to a lot of incredible volunteers, we got that cleaned up so that we're all here gathered now. But that story that was just read is the greatest story ever told. It is the greatest story ever told for so many reasons. Today, we're gonna to take a couple look at why. It is worth marveling at. It is worth pondering. It is worth meditating on. And we've been doing that as a church the last couple of weeks in our Advent series. But it's the greatest story ever told because there was a baby born. He was born to save. He was born to die and he will be born. He was born to return. So just after that starry explosion in the night, the shepherds were given the good news of great joy for all people. But this wasn't just a birth announcement. The angel said something so magnificent, so absolutely beautiful. I wanna focus that today. Verse 11 says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. The city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. Might seem like another line in the middle of this long 20 verses, but this is the substance. This good news of great joy for all people. And it wasn't just a notification for Bethlehem. See, unto you, you ever thought about what those two words mean? The baby wasn't just born to Mary and Joseph, right? Because they were born unto him, right? But unto you, is what the angel says. Of course, he was talking to the shepherds. But you also see, he said it was good news of great joy for all people. So although these words are overlooked, tonight you sit there and ponder that unto you a child was born. I don't know what your tomorrow looks like, but tomorrow morning, my son's already told me he's gonna wake me up really early. He's gonna come down knock on that door, it's gonna startle me to my feet. About 5 a.m., probably, maybe earlier, we'll go out, we'll sit, gather the family, we'll read this story again. We'll watch the thing that we've prepared. And then we'll dig into these gifts. Some of these gifts that are festive wrapped under the tree, some of them are exactly what my kids wanted. Other things are things that they need. And that's what parents do, right? You provide what your children actually need. And so here's the thing. The same is true when it comes to this Christmas story. Before we truly grasp why it's worth celebrating, before we can fully delight in the gift of Jesus, we must first see our great need for him. This is what the angel was communicating that night to the shepherds. And what God's word continues to today communicate to us this Christmas Eve. The baby was born unto us because we have a great deep need for him. You see, there's so many different people in this room tonight. There's some who follow Jesus really closely, some who do not. Some who are from different traditions, from different places. But here's the thing that we as humans all have. We have a great need for a savior because we have all sinned against the holy God, we have nothing that can help us under the tree or can change us. There's no amount of good deeds that you can do to get right to a holy God. We stand guilty, but this baby born in Bethlehem, the savior, the light of the world, he can overcome the darkness that's in us. In the birth of Christ, we see that God is not only on his people's side, cheering us from a distance. He came to be at our side in this fallen world to save us. So tonight, this is what the Christmas, this is what makes the Christmas story so bright. To our greatest need, the Father sent his son, Christ the Lord, a baby born to save. 
you stand with us as we sing? sure you do as well. Uh, Merry Christmas to you guys, uh, and uh, go ahead and have a seat, go and have a seat. So uh, when the uh, angel of the Lord, when he announced the good news of great joy to the shepherds, he said, unto us this day, a Savior is born, Christ the Lord. 
Now, Christ is the English form of the word Christos, which means anointed one or set apart. And from the moment that sin entered the world and it brought all kinds of corruption and disease and death, God had a plan. God promised to set aside his son, to come to the earth, to be born, and to usher in God's kingdom, to defeat the enemy, because Jesus was the only one who was gonna be able to defeat the enemy. He was the only one to usher in God's kingdom. And he was the only one to make a way for God's people to draw closer to God. And when Luke calls the baby Christ, folks, he isn't saying Jesus' last name, right? What is he saying? What's he communicating? He's saying that God has kept his promise. And what is that promise? That Jesus was set apart to do what God had promised. And so what makes Christmas so significant isn't that the baby entered the world through a virgin womb, but because that baby was born to die. And so I know that you guys are familiar, just like I am, y'all are familiar with uh, at, at Christmas time, we do at Christmas parties, we do a gift exchange, right? You guys are familiar with that. It's called Dirty Santa, it's called Yankee Swap, it's uh, called White Elephant, uh, all different terms for that. But basically the premise behind a gift exchange is that you come with a gift and then you know everybody comes with a gift and you're gonna open up either a gift that is wrapped or you're gonna steal a gift from somebody else. Now kids, normally stealing is a sin, right? But in this game, sin is appropriate. I mean, stealing is appropriate, okay? Sorry, sin is never appropriate. Stealing is appropriate, okay? And so, so you can steal a gift. And sometimes in this gift exchange, you're gonna come out on the winning side of that gift exchange. And sometimes you're gonna be on the losing end of that gift exchange, okay? For example, I love golf. And so if there was a dozen golf balls at a gift exchange, I would love to go home with a dozen golf balls. I would be disappointed if I went home with a fruitcake, okay? Now, I don't know. Some of you may may love fruitcake. I do not, okay? I don't know anybody personally who loves fruitcake, all right? I even asked my wife yesterday. I said, honey, do you know anybody who likes fruitcake? She named one person that she knew. And we know a lot of people, okay? So I'm sure some of y'all love fruitcake. But fruitcake's weird because if you separate the word, like I love fruit and I love cake, but when you combine it, it's just gross to me, okay? And so if I got fruitcake, I'd be disappointed. On the flip side of that, back in 2010, at our staff Christmas party, we had a gift exchange, okay? And somebody, I I don't remember who, which staff person went home with this gift, but this gift was precious, okay? It was an amazing gift. And this was the gift that just kept on giving. And so guys, I think we have a picture of it, if you wouldn't mind putting that on the screen. So this was a 2011 Natty on a Caddy calendar, okay? So that's me up there, all right? That's not my Cadillac, all right? But I was excited because I got a free upgrade at a car rental place. And so I was like, I gotta take a picture of this, right? And so I got on the hood. And so what makes this gift so precious is that every month when you flip it, you get to see more of me with like, a, a, like the month backdrop, okay? And so it's really special. And so I know that that, like, that brought a lot of value to the person who received that gift, okay? But even better than that, and I know that would be hard to top that gift, but y'all heard on the news about the lady who won $175,000 at her gift exchange at her work, right? From, from lottery tickets, all right? So imagine she brought a $25 gift and she got to bring home $175,000. That's pretty sweet, right? I think everybody would be excited about that. But there's even something better. What if I told you about the best gift exchange in the world, in the history of the universe? And that's what happened on the cross, okay? Jesus was born to die. And he willingly laid down his life that day. He marched towards the cross and willingly laid down his life. And what happened in that moment when he took his final breath, in a weird way, we gifted him our sin. Like he took our sin and what did we get in return that day? We got his righteousness. How awesome is that? That gift is priceless. That's the best gift exchange that you could ever have. And it's eternal. And that'll never 
show up in a goodwill like so many presents that we get from a gift exchange, okay? That is a precious gift that will last not only our lifetime, if you're a true believer in Christ, but it's gonna last for eternity. So you can't top that gift exchange, right? You see, Christmas is a message worth sharing because we know that Jesus wasn't just born in a manger, but he marched towards the cross. See, one day Jesus outgrew his swallowing cloths and he no longer needed the manger. And the Bible says that he grew in wisdom and stature. And the Bible says that he was tempted in so many ways, just like us. The difference between us and Jesus is that when we're tempted, sadly we fail and we make mistakes and we sin. But Jesus never sinned and he was a perfect sacrifice. And so that's the Christmas message. See, if it just, if all we do is talk about the baby in a manger, we're doomed, folks. See, we need Jesus growing in wisdom and stature. We need Jesus growing up to be fully man and fully God to the point where he laid down his life on the cross. And so folks, that's a story worth sharing at Christmas time. And so I love you guys. Merry Christmas to you. You guys go ahead and stand up because we're gonna continue to worship the Lord in song. Thank you for coming tonight to uh, celebrate 
Christmas Eve. We hope that uh, this time allows you to reset. You've been going crazy probably for a long time. Uh, you've been uh, at your wits end, uh, maybe at the point of or beyond the point of cursing and lines and traffic and uh, parties and man, you've made food and you've, you're just frazzled by this time of the year. And we always love uh, Christmas Eve, uh, our Christmas Eve worship gathering because it gives us uh, a chance to reset to reset our minds about what we're really doing here, about what this is all about. It's not about waiting in all those lines, and it's not even about all those great gifts and spending tons of money and all the food and the candy, and it's not about any of that stuff. It's about a baby, a baby that was born to save and a baby that was born to die, a baby that was born to return. And this gives us an opportunity to reset, to, to recalibrate our minds and, and, and lean in as we go into tonight and tomorrow. It's always one of my family's favorite uh, gatherings of the year was to come here on Christmas Eve. It was our favorite for multiple reasons. We would come, our whole family uh, is here, our whole family is together, our kids and our grandkids. And man, we would always come to our Christmas Eve gathering uh, and uh, we would sit together. Uh, typically, I, can't, I don't get to sit with my family at worship because I'm uh, backstage getting ready. Uh, we get to sit with my family and worship and uh, and we would just take it all in and we would go home and, and it would just be uh, just an incredible evening, you know. I mean, we would come to our Christmas Eve worship gathering. Uh, we would typically go after Christmas Eve gathering to one of our staff's houses. We, on Christmas Eve, any of the staff that's in town that wants to gather together, we always do that. Any and all staff that uh, maybe their family's not here, we gather on Christmas Eve after our gathering just for a little bit because we know uh, they got to go home and, and do a lot of stuff there. So we gather for a while and, and just hang out and, and thank the Lord for each other. And, and then we would go home as a family after that. You know, uh, Amy would start stuffing uh, the stockings and uh, making last-minute preparations and giving me marching orders about what I needed to go get and what I needed to go, you know, put together earlier when our kids were young. And, and then, uh, well, she really didn't do that. She was the one to put everything together because we wanted to stand and, and be there in the morning. And so, uh, but, you know, she would be making all the final preparations and stucking, stuffing the st uh, stockings and just getting everything ready for breakfast. And then we get up every Christmas morning and on every Christmas morning, we uh, would eat our breakfast and she always made sausage balls and cinnamon rolls and breakfast casserole. This was just our traditional uh, Christmas breakfast and, and coffee, and we would all do that, and then we would sit down after all that, and, and, and I would uh, read, or I would have one of my kids actually to read the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2. We read it tonight. I would please encourage you to do this with your kids every Christmas morning before you tear open the gifts. And the reason we did this, is I said, before we tear open all these gifts that you see under the tree, uh, we want you to know why these gifts are there. And they're not just because you've been good, because you haven't most of the time. This is because God is good. It's because God is good. It's because God is good to us in giving us the greatest gift of all. And, and so we would talk about that. Uh, we would read Luke 2, uh, 1 through 20. Uh, we would pray together as a family. And then uh, we would pass out gifts. We always have the grandkids to pass out the gifts. And here's something that I do that just drives my family crazy. Uh, we pass out the gifts, and there are multiple gifts for every person under the tree. If you knew my wife, then you knew that to be the case. Me, I bought typically like one gift a year, and that was for Amy, right? Uh, and she would buy all the gifts. There's multiple gifts under the tree, and everybody, the grandkids would pass them out, and I would say, okay, no one opens a gift. You pass out the gifts at my house, and you keep them in front of you, and no one opens a gift. Everybody has their gifts, and then we open them one at a time. I go around the room. Seth, you open a gift. Dom, you open a gift. Zach, you open a gift. And they open a gift. And man, I, we, I, I wanted to take our time and celebrate what everybody's got and talk about it. And it drove, especially Amy, she would roll her eyes. I mean, she would like, oh, you're making the grandkids wait. Why do we have to do this? And I'm like, because it's what I want to do. I want to celebrate what everybody gets. And it just drove her batty crazy. And, you know, and after uh, that, man, the kids were running, playing with their stuff. And we were sitting and we just enjoyed each other and enjoyed the day as our family, just sitting at home together. You know, that was sort of what we did, you know, from this moment on. This year, you see, it's a little different from my family, Right? This year's a little different because, you know, I come tonight with my kids, but Amy's not here. You know, when we go 
to a Christmas party after. She's not going to go with us. We're going to go home tonight, and I'm going to be the one stuffing the stockings, and they're not going to be uh, nearly stuffed adequately as they were before. Uh, someone else has already made our cinnamon rolls, helped Allie Kate make their cinnamon rolls so that we can just, you know, get up and pop them in in the morning and a sausage ball so we can warm them up. And, uh, you know, when we get up in the morning, uh, we will still gather together. As CJ said at his home, we will read Luke chapter 2. Then we will watch, we will go on to YouTube, LifePoint's YouTube channel, and watch uh, what our elders have done. I didn't do anything for tomorrow. Uh, we'll watch and participate in our Christmas gathering as a church, as I hope you do. And then we'll pass out our gifts. And we'll open our gifts one at a time. And I'm going to do that because I just want to envision Amy rolling her eyes in the morning. You know, I, this is different for my family this year. Because all those things, and Amy's not here to do them with me this year. She's not here to do them with our kids this year. She's not here to do them with our grandkids this year. And so, you know, Christmas is a little different for me. And maybe you have lost someone very near and dear. We all have. I mean, I've lost my dad before, you know, a couple of years ago. And my grandparents and my, we've lost our in-laws and that meant something, but not like this. For me personally, for my kids personally. So Christmas is a little different and it's a little sad. It's uh, not quite like it has been. But here, here's what I want you to know, it's not Christmas. The reason it's so sad is because, you know, I, I, I don't remember whatever happened on January 25th or April 25th or March the 25th, but I remember December the 25th. Why? Because it was when we all got together and rallied intentionally to do something as a family, and that was celebrate the birth of our Savior. So it's not really Christmas, it's those memories, and I miss those. And I've missed them. To be quite honest with you, I have, I have been bracing, and I know my kids have too, I've been bracing for tonight and tomorrow uh, like bracing for a car wreck. It's been two months, and this is a sad time for me and my family at Christmas. You know that, but here's what I also want you to understand. This is also the time, the thing that we celebrate that lets me get through it with joy. This is also the time that, that it just doesn't bring me sadness and, oh, it's immense grief and sadness, but it's the thing that I can look at and say, okay, okay. It brings me joy because it grounds me in the reality of the truth. Because we celebrate a baby who was born to save and a baby who was born to die, but we also celebrate a baby who was born to return. You know, we opened up the, the, the service tonight by singing Joy to the World. Isn't that a great song? You've sang that forever. And Anybody ever sang that song in March at church? Anybody ever sang that song in September? Anybody ever sang that song in June? We sing it only at Christmas. And let me tell you something you probably didn't know. It is not a Christmas song. It was never written for Christmas. Did you know that? That song was written by one of the most prolific hymn writers of all times. His name is Isaac Watts. He was sort of a revolutionary. Uh, he was sort of a rebel, sort of made people a little bit angry with some things he wrote, which is, I like those kind of guys. And, and he wrote Joy to the World. You know when he wrote it? He wrote it while meditating on Psalm 98. You know what Psalm 98 is? It has nothing to do with the incarnation of Jesus. He wrote this song about the return of Jesus. Joy to the world. Matter of fact, let me, let me, it, it, it really makes sense if we think about the lyrics. The first verse says, right, joy to the world, right? The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. We sung that every Christmas thinking when it says the Lord has come, it's about Jesus' birth. Nothing to do with Jesus' birth because that did not happen at Jesus' birth. Did it? I mean, let, let, let earth receive her king. The earth didn't receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. That didn't happen. It was the opposite, remember? 
I, I mean, uh, Isaiah 53.3 says, he was despised and rejected by men. The earth didn't receive her king. They despised him and rejected him. As a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief, he was despised and we esteemed him not. It's not about it. Christmas. It didn't happen. Oh, but let me tell you what's going to happen when he returns. When he returns, the earth will repeat with sounding joy. That's what's going to happen. Listen to verse 3. See if this sounds like Christmas. No more let sin and sorrows grow. Did that happen after Jesus' birth? No thorns infest the ground? He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found? That wasn't his incarnation. Did, did sin and sorrows uh, no more grow? No, I'm very sorrowful tonight because sin is in the world and my wife died because sin is in the world and you will die because sin is in the world unless Jesus returns and, and all of your ancestors have died because Jesus or because sin is in the world. And it, 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 sin hasn't stopped growing, but there will be a day. There will be a day when it does. You see, there will be a day when, uh, when sin is no more. That's what Isaac Watts was writing about when joy to the world. There will be a day, uh, John wrote about it, the book of Revelation. We preached a series, finished it up last year. John says this in Revelation 21, 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. You see, this year brings me great grief and great sadness, as it does for many of you. But just remember at Christmas, this is also the reason that we can have great joy. Because he was a baby that was born to save a baby that was born to die and he was a baby that was born to return and he's coming back and when he comes back the earth will receive her king he will come as a conquering king and the earth will receive her king and there will be no more sin and there will be no more sorrow and there will be no more death I was able to spend 38 and a half years with Amy Hood But because of sin, she died. She's not here. Breaks my heart. But because we have a baby that was a God who was, came to earth, born, born to save, born to die, and born to return. And when he returns, he will make all things right. 38 and a half years will be but a drop in the bucket as I spend all of eternity with her, with our Savior. So you see, this is joy to the world. Although it's not a Christmas song, oh, it's very appropriate because it brings so much joy when you ground yourself in its reality because all the junk around you, no matter what it is, and it is, and no matter what it is, all the junk around you will be made right when he returns. That's what makes Christmas so special because God come to save. God come to die and God 
came, was born to return. He's coming back, folks. He's coming back. That's what we should do at every Christmas. It's not just look back, but look forward and let it ground us and let it affect us and let it move us. That's what I'm trying to do this year. You know, Jesus, before he ascended, he knew until he did return, we would have a tendency to let life just go by. We would have a tendency to get caught up. We would have a tendency to, to, to just let things uh, take our focus off. And so the night before he did die, he gave us a, a reminder. He gave us something to do as a church to always remember. We always do it at Christmas. It's called communion. We call it communion. Some people call it the Lord's Supper. And that night when Jesus died, in order to help them remember his body that would be broken, torn apart on a cross and his blood that was spilled, uh, he passed around bread and wine. And the bread represented his blood. And uh, Karen, if you could bring those uh, elements out. Uh, his, his, uh, the bread represented his body and the wine represented his blood. And he passed those out that night. They didn't really have a clue what he was doing, but we, today, we know. If you're a believer, you know. We don't believe that this is, this is just a little piece of bread. We don't believe it's the real body of Christ. We don't believe that this is the real blood of Jesus. We believe it's a symbol that reminds us and sets us. And we want you to do that with us right now. And so our... Uh, folks are going to pass around right now. If you'll come and, uh, uh, and, and begin to pass out uh, the communion. And when you get it, it's a, a cup. To, it'll be self-explanatory. If you can uh, rip off the, the top in a moment and the bottom, but hold on till, till, uh, till everyone gets it. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have trusted him to save you, this is for you. If you're not, uh, we ask you to hold off. This is for believers, that would uh, not be appropriate. If your child is not a believer, we ask you to hold them off uh, because uh, they're not believers and we need to help them to understand that the gospel, what the gospel is, and this is one way we can take them home and say, uh, this is the gospel and this is what this was. And so this is for believers in Jesus Christ. So if you have trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, then this is for you. Take one of these, and in a moment, uh, we will uh, together uh, partake of the Lord's Supper. Until then, as the, the elements are being passed, here's what I want you to do for just a moment. Paul told us that we need to pause and we need to consider our lives. We need to consider the meaning of this. And if there's any sin in our life to confess, right now, would you just take time uh, as this is being passed out uh, until you get it and after you get it, just close your eyes and pause and ponder the significance of what this is all about. Confess what you have to confess. Pray about what you need to pray about. all the elements are passed out so here's what we're told in scripture that very night Jesus knew that he was going to die the next day and 
as we've talked about tonight, it's what he was born for. But he knew it wouldn't last. He was coming back. He was going to return from the dead in three days. Uh, then he was going to ascend, and that wasn't it. He's coming back. And he wanted us to remember that. He wanted us to, to let that settle in and to sink into our brain and to change how we, how we think and how we talk and how we live and the hope we have. And so that night he passed around bread as they were eating together. Take off that little tab where that little piece of cracker, unleavened cracker bread is. Unleavened uh, piece of bread, unleavened because leaven was a representation of sin and it's unleavened. So take that cracker, he, 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 he took out the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body. Take and eat. That night, they really didn't get it. But from that moment on, after, after uh, he was murdered the next day, and then when he come back, they knew, wow, let's, let's do this Lord's Supper and remember. That's what we want to do tonight. This baby that was born to save, this baby that was born to die, this baby that was born to return. Take, eat, and remember his death. Then he took some wine and he passed it around. We got juice in the cup, in case any of you uh, are wondering, have uh, issue. No, nobody will be set back by this. We have uh, juice. He took wine and he passed it around because his blood was, was spilled for our salvation. Blood represented life. He gave his life. Life's in the blood. He took that cup and he passed it around and said, drink drink and remember his blood that was given for you the, the, the new covenant and his blood drink and remember Father we are so grateful God we are so grateful that you didn't leave us in our broken sin to deal with it on our own because we could have never dealt with it on our own we are grateful, Father, that before the world began, before you created Adam and Eve, you had a plan. Adam's sin and Eve's sin didn't cause you to go, what am I going to do now? Let's punt. Uh, Lord, you had a plan to come to this planet and to live among us, to die the death that we should have died, to pay the price that we couldn't pay, for our sin so that we could be with you. Thank you that you're going to return. And Lord, when you do, you're going to make all things new. When you return, there will be no more, uh, no more death. Lord, we'll never go to another funeral. Those who believe in you uh, will be in perfection. We will never go to another funeral. There'll never be another divorce. There'll never be uh, uh, another disease. God, there'll never be uh, another tear shed. Uh, there will be no more sadness. There'll be no more insecurities. Father, there'll, there'll be no more bipolar. There'll be no more, uh, Father, broken families. There'll be uh, no more sadness ever again. God, I long for that today. I long for that. Christmas is sad for me, Jesus, this year. Because the one I have made so many memories with is not here. But God, Christmas is also what sets me because I know that, Father, I am a passing pilgrim in this land, and I will be here for a short moment, but I will be with you. I will be with Amy in your presence, in your kingdom, where there is no more crying or sadness. My heart will not grieve like it has grieved for two months. My eyes will not cry like they have cried for two months, God. Uh, Lord, there will be no more sadness because I'm with you, and I'm in perfection, and I ache for that tonight. Thank you for Christmas. God, although it's sad because of the memories I've had while here on earth, God, it brings joy because I know you will make all things right. Thank you for your death, your body that was broken, and your blood that was spilled. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the, when Jesus in... In Matthew, Jesus told us that we're the light of the world. He told us that we're we the light of the world. 
A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a table so that it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You're the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world and you're his followers and we're to be light in this world. We have a big task. We have a dark world and over the last few years, we've seen it get darker because it is running from God. But those of you who know Jesus are the light. And in a very dark world, you can make an enormous difference by letting your light shine. And that's what we want to do tonight. Uh, we're going to uh, light candles. We do this every Christmas Eve. And it's a beautiful, uh, I've got uh, Amy uh, from pictures and videos from Amy of taking videos just because it's so meaningful to look and see what one light can do if you let it shine. And so uh, in just a moment, I'm going to go and I'm going to take uh, this one candle and I'm going to light it off of the Christ candle in the middle because he is the light of the world. And then I'm going to come and I'm going to light each candle and then they're going to light candles. So they're going to come to you and I hope you have a candle and uh, they're going to light uh, your candle and you're going to pass it on. And it's just a great reminder for us if we let our light shine and we pass it on how a dark world can become, uh, how the light pierces the darkness. We'll turn the lights down. And if you've got kids during this time, here, here's what we're going to do. Man. We're just going to let you govern that. And you may, I don't, I'm not going to tell you, don't let your kid, ha that's up to you. If they burn the place down, we're going to charge you. Okay. But if, the, if they catch the person in front of them's hair on fire, that might be something. So you make the decision on how old your kids are. And just watch the illustration and let the reality sink in of what happens when the light of Christ lights your heart and you begin to let your light shine. As we do this, Travis and our band, will, uh, you know, they'll sing, we'll sing together. Uh, and man, we just wanna challenge you to let your light shine.
Church, I hope you see how the light can spread from one to so many and pierce a very dark world in such desperate need today. Let this not just be an illustration, but a reality from this church uh, to light this world with the love of Christ. Church, uh, I love you. Amy loved you, and Amy loved this church very much, and I love you. I hope you go home and make great memories. God bless you, church. Merry Christmas. <laughs>